Power Elevation Experience registration is coming up. It starts on March 24th and it ends on March 31st. What's the Power Elevation Experience? It's about music, movement, education, and action. We're talking diversity, equity, and inclusion by learning and then taking action in different ways in our everyday lives. What we're doing with the music is getting empowered and we're moving our bodies so that our minds are ready to receive the information. If you want to learn more, the link will be down in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking to Carice Laguerre. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Carice Laguerre is a registered dental hygienist and myofunctional therapist. She founded the Myospot, a practice aimed at amplifying oral wellness to whole body wellness. Through teletherapy, she helps clients of all ages overcome tongue ties, TMJ disorders, sleep apnea, grinding, anxiety, and various breathing and orofacial dysfunction. Passionate about education and self-help, she published Accomplished, How to Sleep Better, Eliminate Burnout, and Execute Goals. When she's not working with clients globally, she spends time with her husband and four kids. Hey, Carice, thank you so much for being here. It is such a pleasure to meet you. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So as we get into our discussion, I like to start off just a little light and personal before we get into the deep information that we will get into. But I would like to know, what is it that you're passionate about right now? I am super passionate about awareness of the importance of sleep and even more so the importance of good breathing to help impact that sleep and make it more purposeful. We need that sleep to re-energize, you know, get ourselves back to full, 100%. We're charging up at night. That way, the next day, we're good to go. So I am 100% passionate about that. Sleep and breathing are essential. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you say sleep and breathing, you're putting them together? Are you saying, are you kind of putting, separating them in terms of breathing when we're awake and how we do that and then breathing when we're asleep and how we do that? Ooh, I like that. Very important that we have them both separate and together, right? So yes, how you breathe matters overall because we can go days without water. We can go weeks without food, but you can't go anything more than maybe a few minutes without breathing. Like you need Mm -hmm. to breathe, but how you breathe matters. How you breathe is very important. It is essential um, that you're doing it optimally because all of our cells work off of oxygen. And if we're not getting enough oxygen and we're not cycling through properly, 
that affects your whole body from head to toe. And -hmm. then we'll just transform that into sleep now, like how you breathe matters and it will impact your sleep. So if Mm -hmm. you're not oxygenating and, you know, really one of the few things that is still going and going very well while you're sleeping are those lungs. So your lungs and your heart are still functioning while you're sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. brain is on overdrive while you're sleeping, but Mm -hmm. you've got to keep everything active and going with that oxygen in the body. And so if you're not breathing properly, you're not sleeping Mm -hmm. properly, and you're really taking years off of what could be a very, very long life. Mm. Wow. Okay. See, see, I like that. And I'm, I'm really excited about talking to you because I am a big believer in taking time for yourself. And part of that is if you need a nap, take that nap. If you feel like your body is going, okay, I'm a little, I'm just not feeling optimal. Take that nap, let your body regenerate and keep going. So I I like this. You are, you, (laughs) you are validating me. I love it. (laughs) Yes. And I love you promoting a good nap. There's nothing like a good nap. That is everything. Oh my goodness. Everything. Everything. Now that we've gotten there, so clearly your passion is tied into your work, which is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about myofunctional therapy. I think that that's the, what you practice. And so tell us what that is. So myofunctional therapy is kind of like working with a personal trainer for all the muscles below your eyes, but above your shoulders. So I work to help and get all of those muscles strengthened, coordinated, and functioning properly so that you can optimize your breathing, your sleeping, and definitely how you're functioning. Mm -hmm. If we don't have proper function and if we don't have our good muscle tone, especially up here, a lot is going to be affected. There's Mm. a myriad of things. So whether it's from childhood and you're not developing right, and so you wind up needing braces, like who knew that you could prevent needed braces? Um, or, you know, you're in your youth and it's ADHD or you're an adult and you've got a whole bunch of acid reflux and, you know, you're very gassy. That's termed as aerophasia. You're swallowing a lot of air. All of these muscles are, are so important to keep toned, to keep just as fit as you would keep the rest of your body. So when you're working out, mm-hmm. don't forget your, your myofunctional all mm-hmm. in there. That's so interesting. So what how do you do that? Like how, how could someone be more intentional about keeping those muscles, as you say, below your eyes and um, above your shoulder? How do you keep those muscles tone, you know, on a regular basis? I love that question. What you're going to do really is as you're going through a myofunctional therapy program, what we do is we try to ingrain a lot of this so that it turns into more of a habit. So Mm -hmm. you would start out with exercises that seem super simple, but by the time you began doing them and then integrating them to your daily life, you're like, oh, these are things I haven't worked on. Mm -hmm. There's eight muscles that just innervate that tongue alone. So you think about that. There's eight muscles just there, but then there's so many other muscles for the face, for chewing, Mm -hmm. for swallowing. Mm -hmm. So once you're really getting into these things, and I'll give you just a, a brief example, one of the most common ones that we're known for is when you get that tongue suctioned up to the roof of the mouth and then you Mm -hmm. let it go and it's like Mm -hmm. a clicking sound. So you get the tongue suctioned up 
and you drop it down for a click. Having mm -hmm. good control and good suction and being able to suction that tongue up from the front all the way through to the back mm -hmm. and getting it really well defined, super mm -hmm. important, especially for those who suffer with, you know, a lot of positional sleep apnea where that tongue is falling back into the throat at night. I'm like really blown away. That's, that's really cool. Okay. So you're essentially a trainer for our upper muscles, the muscles that we tend to forget. Yeah. Those <laughs> even exist. Muscles. Exactly. Oh, they go to the gym. They have leg day, arm day, back, yes. <laughs> all sorts of days. We, we can't forget about head and neck day. That's the most yes. important. Yes. Okay. So I know that you talk a bit about how it affects your growth and development. Can you talk a little bit to that? Like how does your myofunctional, man, my words escape me today. It's okay. <laughs> Just your facial yes. muscle function. How does that yes. your growth? How does, yes. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So we start the function off when we're very, very small. So it starts off in infancy when we are, you know, latching on to a breast or a bottle, how you're using your tongue will affect how your tongue will be at rest. So when you are able to breastfeed and you are able to bottle feed efficiently and with the correct nipple, that's kind of more mimicking an, a human nipple. What will happen is, is that that tongue will sit up against the roof of the mouth as you're developing. So, you know, you're going on and you're getting older and the palate, which is the roof of the mouth is going to form around that tongue shape, right? So you get mm -hmm. a nice broad, nice broad arch instead of, you know, that narrow crowded arch that some people tend to develop. So that nice broad arch, if you consider that roof of the mouth, look at the other side of it, that's the floor of your nose. If you don't mm -hmm. have a nice broad roof of mouth, you definitely don't have a nice broad space to breathe for your nose, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that is going to compound as you age because by the time you hit seven or eight, 80% of your craniofacial growth is done. That's mm. it. You're mm -hmm. not going to alter much more than that. You might as well just go see the orthodontist for braces because there's, there's not much we can do. So right. it really starts from when you're very young, because by the mm -hmm. time you hit four or five, that's like 50 to 60% of the growth is done. We've got a lot that we can do in between there, whether it's breastfeeding, brothel feeding, sippy cups, or not the use of sippy cups, because we don't like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. eliminating thumb sucking, eliminating the pacifier use. That way we can get those muscles to do what they're supposed to do without in hindering. Very interesting. I had a cousin who sucked his thumb for a long time, and he would do, he would rub his thumb up against the, the top of his mouth, mm -hmm. and he's a horrible snorer now, because of that he has and and of course he went and had to get diagnosed with you know all kinds of things but because of that he has a, a dip in the top of his palate that causes him to not have that that space as you say to breathe in and out properly so I fully understand that here's a question I have for you that I'm I, I'm, I think you could answer some people think that when we're resting, when our mouths are resting, when we're resting, that our tongues should be off of our palate. And I find that my most natural position is when my tongue is up on my, my palate. So which is right if there is a right or wrong and or how does that develop? 
there is a right and you're a right. It, the tongue should be up at rest. <laughs> so proper rest posture for the tongue is up against the roof of the mouth. Now where your tongue rests does matter because when it's resting low, that's when you have a lot of those people who have that um, lower jaw that's ahead. We would call that an underbite, right? Mm, okay. That's very difficult to fix. That's something that, you know, that jaw is going to be impacted by the tongue's rest position. Right. So imagine your tongue is resting up, it's going to grow mm-hmm. your palate. Tongue mm-hmm. is resting down, it's going to grow that bottom arch. So that bottom right. arch is now too wide. All of these pressures of the tongue and even of the cheeks, you know, where your your teeth are in the back. Some people have them tipped in. If you have overdeveloped cheek muscles, then it tips in the teeth. All of these soft tissue pressures of these muscles, yeah. of the oral cavity will mm-hmm. absolutely affect how you're growing. Well, that explains why my teeth are moving. <laughs> because at one point my teeth had gotten really straight across on the bottom and now they're kind of feeling a little bit more like they're there there's not enough space. So that explains it a little bit because maybe it's the way that I'm sleeping. Could it be the way that I'm sleeping? I'm sleeping on mostly on one side or the other side. Or does that affect as well? Because you said you did mention that the the cheek muscles and all of that together. Oh, yes. Everything impacts it. So whether you have poor habits, like resting your your hand on your chin very often, mm-hmm. you can very much create too much tension on one side as opposed to the other. So when you're talking about how you're sleeping, if you always sleep on one side, that's a lot of pressure. You consider you're sleeping maybe, I hope, at least six to eight hours a night. That's mm-hmm. a long time every mm-hmm. single day to have all that pressure on that one side. So yes, it does make a big, big impact because all of that pressure Pressure will always make an impact, but the teeth are in constant motion all the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> it's almost right. unavoidable, but being able to be aware of what's going on in the muscles, it will mm-hmm. definitely get everything more stable. Love it. So now what are the disparities you see in diagnosis in the black community? I know that you mentioned that a little bit to me. What are some of the disparities that you see? So I find it, my passion is really about awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Because I find it so sad that there is such a disparity. Usually there's already a negative connotation between the relationships with doctors and, you know, the black community. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, this perception that we have this increased threshold to pain that, you know, we... <laughs> you laugh immediately. <laughs> I do. Like it's laughable it's... to us, but there's other people who really, who genuinely, deep in their heart, believe that. Right. It's outrageous. There's also the belief within the dental community, I've heard this a lot too, that, you know, we just have bigger, broader, tougher bones. So, you know, we're harder to deal with in the dental chair. And there's more to do when you know, <laughs> you're dealing with a black person's mouth. And I just don't understand these things. It just doesn't make much sense to me at all. Mm. So I find that we're not being given the information to start with. So Mm. whether it's from day one, where you you have these new mothers who have these babies and their babies are not latching well and the mom's in pain and they're just told to push through it. Whereas Mm. in other communities, that wouldn't be the case. We're immediately looking and trying to find out what's going on. So it starts from there. Then Mm. it goes a little further on with nutrition because, you know, 
all of these things make an impact. So how you're using these muscles, everything makes an impact. So mm -hmm. with nutrition, a lot of the soft foods that tend to be in the diet are really not optimal when these kids are trying to grow. They need to chew. They need to use these jaw muscles. They need to mm -hmm. use these teeth. Hard, nutritious foods are very important. Mm -hmm. You find a lot of softer foods, the mac and cheese, the chicken nuggets, the, the things that really aren't going to grow or develop much of anything that, mm. you know, those melt in your mouth types of food. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it goes on just, uh, you know, a, a little bit further when you have your child and they need braces and nobody's giving you any information beyond the fact that, okay, not only do you need braces, but here's why you need the braces, mm -hmm. right? So, there's this assumption that we can't afford it. And so they're not going to tell us about it. Mm -hmm. There are alternative health and wellness options that you can use, such mm -hmm. as myofunctional therapy, such as even so much as just getting some body work done for your baby. So when you start with a baby or a young child and you get some great chiropractic care or you see a craniosacral therapist and they're able to manipulate with their hands and help mm -hmm. those body parts grow before mm -hmm. those sutures close, before mm -hmm. they're at the age of four and five and we've completed 50% of growth. I mm -hmm. mean, there's so much stuff that we're not even given the information about. They just mm -hmm. kind of leave us to let it go until mm -hmm. it's gone too far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's a lot of information that I never even thought about. And that I'm sure, as you said, needs to be talked about and more in the black community, but it's, it's so sad. <laughs> it is. Oh. It's really so sad that information is not disseminated in the same way in the black community as in other communities, because there's always an assumption that we can't, like you said, we can't afford it, or even an assumption, I think, that we wouldn't even understand it, mm -hmm. right? That we're not smart enough, or we're not, we don't love our kids enough, or we're not, we're just don't, we're not the same. This idea that we're not the same, that we would have different bone densities, and we would have different pain thresholds, all of this has not been proven Right. by any science ever and yet it is such an ingrained idea in so many people's minds that it causes us harm even in something like this that we would never think but it causes us harm because it's like oh well they can't we're, we're, we're not going to bother in that community because that community can't understand it or they're not going to put their practices in those communities because that's a bad community. I might get whatever in that community. You know, it's just, there's just the pervasive ideas are so strong and so wrong that it, it blows my mind sometimes when I think about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's definitely an issue is where they put the practices because you'll find that in higher end practices, that's where they'll talk about your options, right? And then you have no access to these higher end practices because they don't accept insurance or they're nowhere nearby. You got to drive for like an hour to get there. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's become a very, very sad case. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here and sharing more about this because I think it is important that everybody knows that you do have alternatives. You do have options, options for everything from whether your baby's not breastfeeding correctly all the way through to, you know, you can't sleep properly and you're struggling as an adult with a, whatever it is, sleep apnea, snoring, grinding while you're sleeping, it goes from here to there, and there's so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the benefits of sleeping <laughs> and sleeping well, because I feel that that is something, especially in our society, in our go, 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 I'm so busy society, where if you're not so busy, then you're, who are you? You're nobody. You're, you're clearly not important, right? So in this go, go, go society, tell us the importance of sleep and how to determine how much sleep is right for each of us personally, because I know that not everybody, it's not cookie cutter for everybody's. Yes, it's definitely not cookie cutter. The myth that we all need seven to eight hours of sleep is just that it's a myth. That was something that was studied in, you know, the mid 20th century. And from there, we've never studied anything since. I would say that how you know what's right for you is definitely when you're waking up and you are waking up, one, you're going to sleep consistently at the same time. And two, you're able to wake up on your own at the same time, not by, you know, an alarm clock, not by being Mm -hmm. forced out of the bed, not by somebody having to come and get you kicking and screaming. You're able to go to bed and wake up on your own and you wake up feeling rested you feel refreshed. That is really the purpose of sleep. Sleep is a restorative process for the body. So you imagine your brain, which needs sleep the most, honestly, you imagine your brain almost like a washing machine, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you're going to do is you're going to sleep and sleep is you running that washing machine and being able to empty it and put the stuff in the dryer in the morning. If you don't get good sleep, you're running the washing machine, but probably without detergent, and you're not going to take the clothes out in the morning because they didn't get washed, right? right. They're, they're, they're wet, but they're not clean. Mm-hmm. So your brain really needs to be able to drain. We have many ways to drain and to cleanse other parts of the body, right? So mm-hmm. the red blood cells and our kidney is going to help, you know, cleanse out the blood. But our brain can only cleanse itself and store our memories for the day and keep all of that if we're sleeping. Mm. It doesn't do that at any other point in time of the day because it needs to be up and functioning to get us to move Mm. around, to keep all the body parts going. Mm -hmm. It's going to need that sleep in order to really restore. But if you're not restoring, you're just putting that laundry in there and just running the water, but you don't have no tide. Where's your tide? (laughs) I love that analogy. <laughs> That's fantastic. So then we talked about naps. So then where do naps come into all of this? Well, naps come in because sometimes you just need to sleep. Sometimes you're running so much during the day, your brain is so active that you really need a break. It's it's not a daily thing that you need a nap, mm-hmm. but if every now and then you find two to three times a week, you need to have a nap, Mm -hmm. have a nap. If you feel tired, answer that call because Mm -hmm. that call is really your body telling you, look, you forgot the tide, put the tide in (laughs) and let's go to sleep. Right, right. 
and then refresh, you know, anything from an hour and, and more, that's a great nap. Okay. Mm -hmm. An hour to two mm -hmm. hour nap is fantastic. That's very restorative in the middle of the day. And as long as you're able to fall back asleep that same night, Mm -hmm. you're perfectly fine. But if your naps are impacting your ability to go down naturally at night, then mm -hmm. that's when we have to look at, okay, well, how restorative was that sleep? Right. I love it. You certainly exude the passion that you talked about in the beginning about what, what it is you do. And how did you come to, to doing this? How did you, did, was it something you stumbled upon or, or something you were like, I, I want to learn how to take care of the facial muscles <laughs> when you were like six. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I wish I knew about this when I was six. That would be amazing. Right? Oh, um, no. What actually happened is, well, I'm a mom of four. And um, also, I started out my career as a registered dental hygienist. Now, none of this was talked about in dental hygiene school at all. And I went to a phenomenal university here in New Jersey. I went to the University of Medicine and Dentistry, New Jersey, phenomenal mm -hmm. university. Mm -hmm. So it's of no fault of their own. It's just something that has been more up and coming in the past decade or so. Okay. Now, what I will say is that my four children had common issues that I would say everybody really goes through with their children, but nobody ever talks about these things. You know, when somebody mm -hmm. asks you how your kid's doing, you don't tell them, okay, I have one that's sleeping terribly, that's snoring and that's, you know, sleepwalking and went mm -hmm. in bed. You don't tell them that you have another child that has ADHD and is mm -hmm. going through all sorts of behavioral issues at school and we're in and out of the principal's office. You don't tell people these things. It makes you feel like you're the problem, right? Like you're failing. I, absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it was actually when I started working for one particular pediatric dentist and I was telling her all these things and just being very open and raw about what I was going through as a parent mm -hmm. that she said well how are they breathing like how are they sleeping at night and I'm like what does this have to do with the fact that you know <laughs> he has ADHD and like the other ones have these ear and throat infections and I don't know what it all has to do but it actually fit together so perfectly and wow to address what was going on with how they were breathing how we were preparing them for sleep oh it made a night and day difference and i knew like if this is what was going on with me and my family and i wasn't talking about it i'm sure there's so many other people who aren't talking about it mm. that need to know that this exists and that they can help their families too so that's mm. when i dove deep mm. yes <laughs> i see <laughs> <laughs> I see. You've published a book, yes. right? How yeah. to sleep better, eliminate burnout, and execute goals, which I love the title. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your book. So I love this book. Uh, it is a labor of love. It is called Accomplished and how I... I really poured into it my own story with my own children and then mm -hmm. stories of patients that I have worked with and how they have really overcome many different things just by altering what it is that they're doing prior to bed and then when they wake up in the morning to mm. establish these better cycles because we mm -hmm. talk so much when there's babies about establishing a routine. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But then that all starts to go by the wayside once it's no longer a child, right? Mm-hmm. But we as adults, we need routines too. We have to have routines. If we don't have routines, we throw off our whole circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And that's really how you're getting down at night and getting up in the morning. So mm-hmm. um, I would say that Accomplished has been such a labor of love to really pour in what it is that I do, how you can help yourself. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of different tips and tricks and a full program actually laid out in the book. That way, you know, you can really help yourself be your best self and show up optimally each day through establishing better breathing and sleep habits. Awesome. I'm looking forward to putting that in the show notes for sure. Where can we buy the book? Where can people get your book? It's available on Amazon, exclusively on Amazon. You can get it as a Kindle or a paperback, but it is exclusively on Amazon right now for distribution. Okay, well, that's good to know. So I'll be sure to look for it and definitely put a link, an easy link to that in the show notes. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would have hoped that I asked that you would like to answer right now? Anything you didn't ask me? Well, I don't think that it's anything that I think would have come up naturally, but I think one thing that I would like to just speak on is that the Black community does have a lot of a greater risk for one preterm birth, and for some reason we have astronomically high rates of infant mortality where the babies Mm -hmm. aren't making it to year one. Mm. In 1976, which is not that long ago, Mm -hmm. but in 1976, that's when they discovered pediatric obstructive sleep apnea. Prior to 1976, we had no idea that children were unable to breathe at night and would have Mm -hmm. these events. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredibly important since most of these infant mortalities that are happening, the ones that aren't happening due to the preterm birth weight, Mm-hmm. what the ones that do happen are a lot of times SIDS. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's very important to just be very aware of what's going on with your baby and how they're feeding and how they're eating and making sure that you are listening in when they're sleeping. Your baby snoring is not something cute. That is something that it's time to reach out to somebody and let them know because mm-hmm. we don't want to have any more of our young, beautiful black babies passing mm-hmm. away Mm-hmm. of, you know, a, a random sleep order that re- disorder that could be prevented. So I would just like mm-hmm. to say that because I think that's incredibly important. There might be some young mothers that are listening and mm-hmm. need to know that that baby snoring is not cute. Get mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is something that I would have never thought to ask, but absolutely incredibly important to make sure, especially if we're not getting the information Otherwise, it's important to try to put, to amplify the information from here that it is important to get your, make sure that you're listening to your baby. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. My pleasure. So what, my dear, is your favorite dish? My and we're favorite? talking about food. <laughs> Ooh, food. I love food. Um, <laughs> my husband would say that I am like very picky with food. And when I, when I say I'm picky with food, like we'll go out to eat. It'd be a like super fancy restaurant and he'll be like, how was the food? And I'm like, eh, it tasted like food. So I have, a, I have a, 
hard time <laughs> enjoying food that's like outside food. But mm-hmm. my my mother makes like a really fantastic stew chicken. And mm. that I would say is my absolute favorite dish, you know, so it doesn't sound nice and fancy, but a lot of fancy things also don't impress me. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you said your mom makes stew chicken. Where's your mom from? She is from St. Vincent. My mother is from St. Vincent. My father is from an island a little bit more to the east. He's from Barbados. And they met here in America. And here I am. (laughs) Nice. You've got a nice West Indian mix all up in there. That's beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carice, for all of the important information that you shared with us. And I think that it's going to be so helpful to our listeners, especially to understand that we have to be really proactive in trying to get the information that we need for to make sure that we're okay, because we have to advocate for ourselves a lot of the time. You know, we have to make sure that we do that. And uh, one thing that I know that I like to do is make sure that my kids are talking to their doctors so that my kids are asking the questions so that they know that it's important for them to advocate for themselves and I'm not always going to be here but you need to be able to talk and and say well why is this feeling this way and what is it that I need to do and that sort of thing so yeah thank you oh you're very welcome it was such a pleasure thank you yes well maybe we can have you on again who knows another time I would love that awesome thank you hey did you enjoy that episode if so please be sure to subscribe, download, rate, review, and share. It would also mean the world to me if you became a patron over at Patreon. The information is in the show notes. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.